Have you noticed that your child seems to be a little bit more cautious or anxious when it comes to socializing now that some of the COVID restrictions have started to lift up? Think about it. Our kids have gone through the last 18 months being told to be very super duper cautious and that they can't be around their friends or they can't be around their family. They need to wear masks. They need to wash their hands. They need to do all of these things. And so jumping back into a life where they are allowed to see friends maybe at the park or they're allowed to now go and have dinner with their grandparent, it can kind of leave them with a residual feeling of like, but I don't feel safe yet. But I don't feel like I can do that yet. Because when you're told something isn't right for so long, like it's not safe, it's not safe, it really starts to weigh down on you, right? And they're just kids. It's hard for them to understand. How can we help our kids be able to start socializing again and also maintaining safety for their health? Well, today I had the opportunity to interview Dr. Florencia Sahura, and we'd really talked about all of these things. She gave me some excellent tips to help our children with, you know, the transitioning back into a little bit of socializing and, you know, the anxiety that comes with it and the anxiety that, you know, we as moms are facing as well. So I'm going to stop talking and we're going to jump into the show. I'm so glad that you found the Genuine Mom Club podcast. We live in a digital world that so often leaves mamas behind. That's why I'm here, to help you get through the days and not feel so alone. I'll be covering topics from anxiety to homeschool to health to raising kids and so much more. I'll be joined by some pretty incredible experts on all of these various topics to help you with all of your mama questions. Whatever you need, I'm right here to help you. Thank you for listening to the Genuine Mom Club podcast. Hi, welcome to the Genuine Mom Club podcast. As always, I'm very excited that you are listening in today. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Florencia Sahura. She is a board-certified pediatrician, an advocate, and mother of a toddler and baby. She is a Children's National Medical Center-trained pediatrician who works in the Washington, D.C. suburbs. She draws on her experience as a mom and a pediatrician to bring her patients relevant, up-to-date information about parenting and child health. Dr. Florencia is a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics, a child health expert for numerous news agencies, including the New York Times, Yahoo, T- Healthline, and Romper. Most importantly, Dr. Segura is a committed advocate for children's health. So thank you so much for joining me today. I am, I'm just so excited that you have chosen to be a guest on the Genuine Mom Club podcast. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I am a mom, first and foremost, as uh, as you are and a lot of our, our, our listeners are as well. Um, I'm a toddler and a baby. I'm also a pediatrician um, and I live in one of the suburbs outside of DC. And I, I you know, I, I've like many of you have found a very fun and supportive community, um, on, you know, Instagram and, and that's sort of how we met. Yes. Yes. That's how we met. I, I don't even know how I found you. I just stumbled on your page and I was like, I like this girl. She's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, likewise. And I, I think you make motherhood very relatable and, you know, everyone can kind of just laugh and <laughs> about all the funny things about being a mom, you know? Yes, yes. That's kind of my point just to make people laugh. That's kind of what I do, but I love your feed. I'm going to put your uh, Instagram and all of that into the show notes so that people can know where to follow you. Cause I have just adored your postings throughout, like, at, well, ever since I started following you, but like, you just, you're so good with like pandemic knowledge and everything with parenting. It just, it's like, Oh, cool. I'm going to go check your page because I need to know if this is cool. And it's just so nice to see it. And it's, it's relatable and it's not like grumpy or judgy. It's just like, Hey, this is what, you know, this and this and this, like, I love it. I love your page. So when did you decide to be a pediatric doctor? Yeah. So I am the oldest of six kids, actually, uh, five younger brothers. And so it was sort of in my blood because, you know, just always around kids and we pretty much lived in the pediatrician's office. One of us got strapped, everyone else got strapped. You probably know that with, you know, being a mom of three and back then we had like chicken pox and we would all get chicken pox. So it just sort of like, it was in my blood. One of the things I like the most about being a pediatrician is just seeing the evolution of parenthood. So like the parents come in with their first baby and you could probably appreciate this. And even me, you know, and you're like, you go from not being a parent to then being a parent. And then you're kind of sitting there and you're like holding your baby, like with outstretched arms. And you're like, you know, they, they don't know what really what to do with their baby. And then it's amazing to see the transformation to a year later. And you have this like walking, you know, toddler and yeah just seem kind of like, they're like, okay, we're figuring this out. Like, like we can do this. And then they have, and then they have their second baby and they come in and they're like, you know, just like so natural and baby's like nuzzled up on their chest. And Aww. they're like, when do we see you next? Like, you know, two months from now. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, it's just a great, it, you know, I, I love seeing parents and, you know, like empowering parents and, um, and, and you kind of get into your own groove with you and, 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 you know, your family and your partner and everything. So that is so awesome. It's such a cool thing to you. Like you, you're literally part of their parenthood journey. Like you're just, yeah. you're there for all of those big steps and moments and what an awesome thing to get to do. I, I share tips. And then I learned so much from my parents from like things that have worked for them. And like, I've learned about water tables. Like, I don't know if you have one of those where like the, the toddlers like play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have one of those. That's a pandemic. And one of my patients was like, you, you need a water table for your toddler. And I was like, how did I not hear about this? <laughs> and that was a godsend because this is like where, you know, we were all like on lockdown and no one could go anywhere. And, um, yeah. so it, it's, um, it's great. Just to think that that's like, I, I think in the community that we're all in, it's just sharing from each other and learning. And I think that that's the most powerful thing we can be as moms, just helping each other out and each one of our parenthood journeys it's such a good comment to make, like, just to be able to, like, you don't think of it with Instagram. It's like, well, Instagram is an app, but there's just so many connections that you can make on there with people like real people like you, like I would have never met you had there not been an an Instagram. Right. And it's so good to like have that and have that community and meet those people. And it's such a, I I really enjoy it. I mean, it has its downfalls, but I do enjoy it. (laughs) Absolutely. Just like that. Thing, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So with your great experience and knowledge, 
what would you say is the best way to keep our kids healthy, especially when we're living through this global pandemic world? Yeah. So, you know, I think it just depends a little bit about like where you're living, you know, um, you know, in the U S or in Canada or in the world for, you know, other listeners that might be listening other places. So I think the most important thing is, um, you know, talking to your pediatrician or to your doctor, um, just to see like what the cases are like, and you know, what, you know, what, what is like sort of specific to the area that you're in. So I think that that's the, the biggest thing. And then, you know, just making like the, the things that going back to just keeping in terms of keeping our kids safe, like, you know, having them, you know, go outside and getting vitamin D now that we're talking about, like, you know, that it's summer and we're trying to like enjoy everything. That's so important. Um, Vitamin D keeps kids healthy and making sure that they're eating, you know, healthy foods and, you know, variety of foods and getting enough sleep. So all those good things to like power, you know, a child's body. And then also just in terms of precautions, just like checking in, in terms of like what's going on locally and, and, and things like that. Yeah, for sure. That's excellent. So with like COVID restrictions and masks and hand sanitizers and all of that, a lot of parents have been like reporting almost like paranoia from their children. So when it comes to germs and stuff, and I've seen it firsthand, like with my own kids, it's this fear, right? Like of are germs bad now? Like, you know, like my kids, my son has become like obsessed with hand sanitizer. Like anytime we go anywhere, he's like, we need to wash our hands. And (laughs) it's like, that's life now. Right. Like, and now just so many parents have been talking to me about how their children are now feeling like super overwhelmed by the idea of germs or, you know, not having availability when it comes to hand sanitizer and it makes them feel panicked and all of those terrible things. So what is something that we can say to them? What, what tips can we say to help our children with germs and kind of ease into activities and not have like those giant fears of like, well, what if I get sick? What if the COVID bug gets me? Right. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, you eloquently just sort of stated what everyone is feeling and what everyone's kids are feeling. Um, I think the biggest thing we can do as parents is just letting our kids know, and you know, that we're here to keep them safe. You know, there's certain things that we can do. So with the hand sanitizer and washing the hands, you know, we're doing that because that is a way to keep the germs away. And that there's, those are, I I would focus more on like how the hand sanitizer is a good thing. There's actually things that we can do, you know, it's the COVID bug is not just going to come to us that, you know, that's why, you know, we we wash our hands and that's why every time we go somewhere, we want to, we want to do that. And I think just focusing on like the positives as much as possible as being a parent, even if our kids already are a little anxious, we could just say, you know, this is like, we can do something. And I think that kids thrive really well on, and even adults, like if we have a plan and I think having a plan for everything is, is so key. So that's the way I would just, I probably would just reframe how we talk about the hand sanitizer and the germs and the same thing in, in terms of like regarding where you are in the country, but like, you know, masking too, as like, sort of like, this is like something that we can do that can help protect us um, uh, against the germs. Yeah. And it's such a, good thing too. I mean, in a sense, because I mean, just being more clean (laughs) Yeah. when it comes to things like colds and flus, I'm like, I hate those things so much. So I'm like, Hmm. But then, you know, there's always this like fine line that you have to walk so that you don't make your kids become (laughs) completely paranoid. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's been some good things. Like I typically will get sick, like in a typical winter because I, you know, have kids like 
coughing and yes, <laughs> all over me. Um, I get usually, you know, around like, and I have a pretty good, you know, after getting all of this immunity from being around kids, like probably like two to four times a year, I get sick in this winter, you know, with everyone being masked and everything yeah. and all the hand washing that we were doing. I mean, it really, all the illness rates went really, this winter really went down. I, I'm not sure about your kids if they got sick at all with like little colds or here, but de- I definitely, we definitely saw a huge decrease. So it does work, but also reassuring kids, like it's okay if you get sick with like a cold or something, like it's fine, but you know, maybe this is a good thing that we can lessen how many colds that we get. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, we only really got like two little colds in the last year, which was really nice because my son, he has um, asthma quite bad. Sure. So I had severe preeclampsia when I had him. And when he was born, he was IUGR. He's just tiny, tiny. And he was in the NICU and this whole thing. That's when I like started becoming really vigilant with like germs. Cause I'm like, I got to keep him healthy. But regardless, like we were still getting sick. Like he would end up in the hospital at least once a year because he would get such severe croup. Right. Right. And like, so I'm kind of like, I kind of sort of maybe like masks because nobody's yeah. breathing on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. there's just seeing the pros of it. And like, you know, that this is like kind of something that's kind of, I mean, we're in a much better spot than we were last year, you know, when everything was on lockdown, yeah. so we're kind of seeing it as like sort of like an evolution of things and like a progression. And yeah. 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 It's nice. Things are getting a little bit better, which is great. Yes. So for the mom that's listening that has been like really feeling like overwhelmed by the pandemic and trying to keep her kids and herself healthy throughout it and safe. Like what tips do you have to lessen her anxiety? Like, because she's, yeah, yeah like maybe she's feeling really overwhelmed from trying to keep her kids safe. What, what do you say to her? Yeah. So I think just, I think we're all in it. And I, and I think that's just such a good point that you made because the first thing is it's okay to feel, you know, tired and stressed and anxious because we haven't had a break and it's, and, you know, even in the, especially in the beginning when we were all at home, you know, it, 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 it was, it's not exactly normal to be around your, you know, your kids all the time, even, even the families that, you know, are homeschooled or our kids are homeschooled, like the, they have like activities yes. and, you know, trips and, and field trips and things like that. And you're, they're seeing other families so that this is like a very isolated, hopefully moment in history where this things change. And we really had no idea, you know, usually you can make a plan when you have like certain expectations, but none of us had any expectation of how this was going to go or how long this is going to last. I mean, I think right. all thought that this was going to be like a two month thing and then yeah. ended up a year and a half. So um, getting back to your point about what certain things that, um, moms can do, I think just, you know, first of all, having grace, you know, and, and, and having grace with yourself and knowing that it's okay. And everyone feels this way. Everyone's kind of like, I just want to see people want to see their family members. They want to see their friends. They want to travel. Um, and, you know, just knowing that this is, you know, that we all feel this way. And then, um, the second thing is just like taking one thing at a time, I think. And like, and like we were going backwards with like the um, back um, with talking about kids and like talking to hand sanitizer, just like having, you know, doing one thing at a time and just having a plan. And if like, just sometimes you feel so anxious that like, you feel like you, I think every mom has probably felt this where there's so many things that you need to do, or you feel like 
there's just so much, just like having one concrete thing that you do. I think that that kind of just helps. So um, that would be another um, another point of advice. And, and knowing that, you know, I, I do, a lot of us do think that, especially like in the science community and the medical community, that things are definitely getting better. Um, you know, sometimes like the news headlines are very kind of grabby a little bit sometimes, but just talking to your pediatrician and just seeing like what, what is kind of affecting your community because, you know, cases might be spiking in some place, but that's not necessarily where you live, you know? So um, just also kind of, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just talking to like your local medical expert, like your, your, your doctor and, and just seeing like what is happening to that community because definitely where I live, things are actually, you know, knock on wood, like their things are going really, really well, you know, versus maybe other places. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that because when you look at just your community versus like, you know, the whole country, right? Like it can get so overwhelming when you look at like the news and it shows you like, oh, well, this place is really bad and this place is really bad. So that can definitely overwhelm moms for sure. Absolutely. Like, you know, places like India and Indonesia cases are spiking a lot, unfortunately, because, you know, they had access to the vaccines and things that we've had. But, you know, and, you know, where, where I live, I mean, we haven't had a single COVID positive case in kids and we test all the time wow. in, like, in weeks or like, you know, months almost. So, I mean, we're very fortunate where yeah. we're here, but that might not be so true depending on where other moms live. But it, I think the biggest thing is just looking at um, the local, uh, your local community um, and seeing how things are and, and talking to your doctor. That's excellent. So the pandemic itself really has caused like a lot of social struggles. Like you, you mentioned homeschooling, which I love. Thank you for mentioning homeschooling. That was nice. (laughs) I homeschool my kids. So whenever somebody brings it up, I'm like, yay, (laughs) that's awesome. And people think, I don't know, you know, just, sorry, I'm like totally kind of cutting off, but like, I I think that that's another thing. Like people are like, oh, well, like, you know, this might not be, so the pandemic was probably not different for you at all. And it it was different for you. It so was, it so was. But like, you weren't able to have all of those organized trips to like the museum or like, the, you know, the collaborative learning that you were getting with other moms. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's true. Cause we had so much going on before the pandemic and like people say that all the time too. They're like, Oh, you obviously like, you must be fine. Cause you're already homeschooling. It's like, well, okay. Like their curriculum aspect. Yes. But we lost gymnastics lessons. We lost, um, like our French tutor. We lost the, the group co-ops, like all of those things like went away. Right. And it's, it's been tough. Like last year, uh, March, I don't remember March something. That's when like all of everything shut down. And I remember like my oldest daughter, she was nine at the time. She struggled so bad with the isolation. Cause you would think, well, a lot of people think like homeschoolers are like just, you know, already isolated. So who cares? But no, she was like really having a hard time. Cause she missed her friends. And like, it was just such a struggle. And it's not just my daughter. Like there's so many kids now that are struggling because of what happened with the isolation and all of those situations, right? Like it was not easy for kids. So how can we help our kids with socializing now and getting back to those friendships? Because, you know, maybe they are feeling like a little bit worried about germs, or maybe they just feel awkward around seeing their friends because it's not normal. (laughs) Cause we, yeah, we got so used to this isolation world. Like how can we help them? Yeah. So I think, you know, talking about it, I think one of the things I love doing with young kids, like 
especially like kids like your your kids ages doing a little bit like want to talk to our kids like that you know now is a time that it, it seems like it's safe that we can see some of our friends you know and um doing it through like kind of like we call it like through play you know I think sometimes a lot of people are like oh I'm going to talk to my kids and we're going to all like sit in the couch kids don't respond as well to that as like as you probably know with your kids like as like playing so like okay let's why don't we color and then you're kind of talking to your kids like while you're doing something so that's kind of probably like the first aspect like just like introducing the the idea that like hey we're going to go to the playground and we're going to have like a play date with one of your friends that you haven't seen in a while but it's going to be really fun and what do you think about it and so they're kind of coloring or like you're playing with play-doh or something like that and they can kind of express their thoughts um, so that's probably the first thing I would do. And then the second thing is like, you know, taking it slow. So for some, some, for some people, it might just be like, if you're going to have a playground date, maybe taking them a little bit before, like taking them to the playground before, as we call it kind of like desensitizing, like that, that aspect. And so like they're playing in the playground and then maybe like in two days from there, then you have your play date if possible. Right. Sometimes you can't do that kind of that stuff, but so just so that the kids kind of get an idea and they kind of ease their way kind of back into things a little bit. I like that. And I love that you said, like, just play with your kids or whatever, like do Play-Doh with them and let them talk. Cause that's yeah. the most ideal time too. Like you don't really think of it because how we relate as adults, like how I'm talking to you right now, like we're talking, we're having a conversation. Absolutely. And so like, I have like, these are all my questions that I want to ask you. Whereas like with my kids, they come up with the deepest thoughts when they're like building a Lego house. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, psychologists, um, like child psychologists and therapists, actually, we call it play therapy. This is like how they, this is how they talk. Like, so kids that like need to work on like their anxiety or, you know, things have issues with ADHD. This is actually how they, they, they see their kids. So it's like very different than adults. And I think it's like also just us like getting back to like, what, how does a child interact? And yeah, we're having meeting and like, you know, this is like on our, both of our calendars, but for kids, they, they, they need that play. And they'll, it'll be amazing. The things that you can actually kind of discover from what your kid is feeling just by playing with them. And it doesn't have to be like a 30 minute session. It can just be like five or 10 minutes and get into it. And it's hard to find time because as moms are so busy, we're always like trying to think about like shortcuts and like, Oh, let me put the dishes. Let me take out the dishes while like, <laughs> They're playing right there, but that, that might be helpful as, you know, back to your point about it, you know, kind of getting kids in, like just kind of playing with them a little bit right before and kind of talking about how the day will go. Um, that's yeah. a, sort of how I think that might help. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally relate to that. Like being a mom, you're just always like, oh, well, I need to do this really quick while they're doing this. <laughs> it's like a constant rodeo in my head that it's like, <laughs> gotta do this, do this, do this. Oh, it's crazy. I think we're just the most, I think moms are the most amazing humans ever. I mean, I think women in general, but I think moms, especially the amount of things that you can just multitask in your head, it's like, it's pretty insane. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah. There's so many things too, like just so many like tabs open in, in a mom's brain. That's like, Mm -hmm. so it's hard, right? Like it's hard to sit down and slow down and play with your kid. Cause you're like, probably like, I need to do the dishes. <laughs> They're screaming right, at me. Right. Exactly. Oh, it's such a pain. All of these things in my head. Um, <laughs> so how can we help our children have a magical childhood still? Because 
uh, like just, you know, with everything that's happened, like I look back at like my childhood and my memories and it's like some of those things my kids will never get to experience because of like everything that's happened. Right. Like, and things are different now. And I don't really see them going back to normal anytime soon. So how can we, you know, help our children have that magical childhood, despite the fact that in this last year and a bit, it's been like this emotionally and mentally draining, like on them. So emotionally and mentally draining, how can we help them? Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think all of us are feeling that way. And we like almost like we feel bad for our kids because it's like, this is not, this is very different, you know, before, like, you know, you could just let your kids go play on the street. If you like lived in a kind of like a safe neighborhood with the cul-de-sac and now we have to be worried about like, you know, Danny and house, the house is like his or his family. Like, are they keeping things safe? But I think the biggest thing we can do is, you know, like kind of like how we um, talked about before, just, you know, you know, talking to them that are, you know, parents are here to keep you safe. This is just sort of a moment. We don't know when this is a hundred percent going to end, but you know, this is just a moment um, that we're, you know, we're all dealing with. And I think just making it sort of universal, like every, 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 every kid in, you know, like your friends and everything, we're just kind of going through it and looking through the positive. So like, I think one of the things some kids have actually done really well in the pandemic because mm-hmm. they time with their family. So, um, you know, sometimes some kids were like very overscheduled or like their family's lives were very hectic. And, and I think just kind of, um, emphasizing the positives to our kids, like, wow, this past year and a half, like we haven't been able to see our friends as much, or maybe seen, uh, you know, grandma or grandpa as much, but we've really spent some really good time together. And I think that, you know, making that sort of like this, like 2020, 2021 was like the real, like the time where we spent we grew as a family, you know, almost. And then I think traditions too are really important if possible, like keeping keeping as much as possible, like if, you know, celebrate Christmas or Thanksgiving or things like that, like, you know, those traditions, because, you know, kids don't necessarily, and I think we can all kind of relate to this, like in our, in our daily life, like we, you know, our kids just need our love and, you know, they want to feel like they're cared for and that they're protected. And that's what we're all doing for them. And then like making certain days, like the days that we, we remember mostly are the days that are different. I think most of us could have probably agreed to this, that like, we can't remember what we ate for breakfast a week ago, but maybe for a birthday, we would remember what, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what we ate or, or, you know, or had for dinner. So trying to, um, make, you know, birthdays and, um, you know, things like holidays different, like, so yeah. that it's, different and, and that you kind of continue those traditions. Yeah. Traditions are so important too. And like, they don't have to be like, big traditions. Like it can literally be like Thursday, we have movie and pizza night. Exactly. I was just talking to friends about that. And like Friday nights for for family, a lot of families, it's just pizza night. And we all have like, we all watch a movie together. That's what we do. Weekend in the morning, we make waffles. And like, that's how Saturday is different than Monday, you know, or like Valentine's day, you can like put a little bit of like, you can dye the milk with like, you know, natural, like, uh, you know, food coloring red, you know, <laughs> make the waffles red, like just little things like that. You know, it doesn't have to be this whole thing. And I think that that's where things like Instagram or Pinterest get a little bit overwhelming for some people because you feel like you have to do this huge thing. I think just one thing, just pick one thing that makes it different. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that's what kids will remember. You know. Yeah, that's what we did, especially the last like, uh, well, since March 2020, we really like emphasized April Fool's Day, <laughs> and we just make this big deal out of it. Like we put like 
all of these little pranks just to like make the kids go crazy and they love it. And those are the sort of things I find that make my kids enjoy those moments. And like, those are the memories, right? Like all of those random little moments of like having frozen cereal that they thought wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, I know April Fool's Day is so fun for kids. Yeah, that's idea yeah except they don't quite get the pranks so then like they take my bedding and put it all into the bathtub and I'm like (laughs) (laughs) no guys this is just a mommy pranks you day not a (laughs) please don't return mommy day (laughs) please don't return the favor please don't (laughs) oh man so how can we help our kids to still be successful in like their relationships and their schoolwork and maybe now they're starting to take on like extracurricular activities and all of those things, if it's safe to do so, how can we help them with all of those to be successful in those, you know, kind of important pillars of their lives? Right. Um, you know, despite the fact that maybe some of them are a little bit behind in some of those things, like they're, they're picking up maybe soccer like a year later and they haven't, you know, kicked a ball in like a year. Um, you know, just telling them that, you know, um, that it's gonna, it might be a little bit harder, you know? And that, and one of the phrases that I, I really like is you, and we kind of have this in like little signs over our house for our, like, you know, our like toddler is like, you can do hard things. Like, you know, like when, whenever my daughter's like, it's like hard for her to take off her like bathing suit or something. It's like, you can do this. You can do things that are a little bit harder. So like, as we're getting back into like extracurriculars or schoolwork and things might be a little bit hard, just emphasizing that, yes, you can do this. And mommy and daddy and, you know, the people that are around your child that really love them, we're here to help you. So kind of empowering them um, and um, kind of just taking baby steps. I love that. That's beautiful. You can do this. I love that so much because yeah. Yeah. that, yeah, because it's so easy, especially like when your kids come to you and they're like, can you help me with this? And it's like something so simple. And it's really something I could just do for them like in a second, but it's like, you have to learn that independence, even though, even though it sucks sometimes. Absolutely. And and, and acknowledging that it is hard maybe, but that you can do it. So I love that phrase. And I don't know who, I think it was like some book I read and it was like, just putting that little sign like on a poster board, like next, a lot of families were doing it like during virtual learning where it was like really hard for kids, like, especially like the, the six, the, the six-year-olds and the seven-year-olds where they're like learning how to write and read like online, you know, yeah. you can do hard things. And like that, I think all of us can relate to that because there's so many things with being a mom that I feel like are so hard. Yes. Like you have to pack up all the kids and go somewhere and you're like, how can I do this? But yes, I can do this. This is hard. Acknowledging that it's hard, but like I can, we can do it, you know? And then like that we have each other also. Um, and then like emphasizing our kids, like, you can do this, but mom's here. And, and, and if you can't do it, then I, we can help you, you know? That is such an excellent, excellent reminder. Like not just for kids, but like for adults too. Like- all of us. Yeah. I absolutely, I have to think, I have to think, think of that myself because we do hard things as parents, you know, oh, yeah. and, and like we're doing things out of our comfort zone. I feel like being a parent, like you're just growing in so many ways because you haven't ever done this before. So yeah. Um, and knowing that we can also do that. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I'm going to like definitely get a poster that says I can do hard things. <laughs> you can do hard things. Yeah. Such a good a mantra. Podcast, like starting a podcast like that. This is like, you know, like it's, it's, you had to figure this out, you know, how to, how yeah. to do this. So I mean, like that's, 
and it's it's a hard thing because you've never done this before. So yeah, and it was truly like (laughs) stepping out there and like putting myself out there was intense. Yeah, it was difficult. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm any good at this, but I'm going to try. Oh, you're great. This has been so great. (laughs) Like you're everyone's best friend when I'm like hearing you. So it's great. Oh, that's so sweet. I appreciate that. So my last question. Yes. My mic's being really funny right now. I don't know what's going on. My technology is all over the place today. But my last question is what is your advice for our mom that's listening that is really struggling with anxiety just after these, you know, two years of uncertainty and trying to balance life kids, virtual learning and all of those things. What do we say to that mom that's really struggling with all of that anxiety and pent up like frustration? Yeah. Um, we all feel that way. Um, and that, um, just taking one thing at a time, I think this, just breaking it, like, you know, breaking it down step-by-step and that it's just, it's hard and that we'll all feel this way. We haven't had a break. No one was prepared for this. And that, that, you know, we're as a friend, like we are here for you. So like, as for me, like as a pediatrician, like anything that parents have questions or I can help with, like, I am here for you. And as a friend, or like, even in this podcast, like we're all like in this community together and that just to take one thing at a time. Um, and, and like, you know, a lot of the health experts think that they're, the end is hopefully in sight in the near future. We don't know when. And I think that that's the hardest part is the uncertainty of it, but that, you know, um, things hopefully will be, will be different. Yeah. There is an end in sight. It there is might. An end in sight. And we have to believe that or yeah. it'll be a little bit, maybe it'll be a little bit different, but, but that, that things are, are hopefully, you know, continuing to move the, the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be optimistic. It's, it's hard, right? Like after a year of like craziness or more than a year, it's hard to be optimistic. It's like, well, what's happening next to like, I found myself even like wondering that, like kind of being pessimistic with like things, like when they start to randomly open things up and it's like, okay, but when are they going to shut it again? You know what I mean? Like, it's just that you're thinking like worst case scenario. Yeah. I'm thinking like one year ago, you know, some people will like do journals or gratitude journals, but like, think about like where we were one year ago and just being like, wow, like one year ago, I mean, July, I mean, we weren't, I mean, things were just maybe like a little bit, not, not even really opening up. And now, you know, on a lot of parts, like things are a lot better than they were, um, were just even a year ago. We have more information and we have more things that we can do. So, so it's, um, so it's just, uh, sometimes just having a little bit, just kind of stepping out of like the day to day and just looking global picture. And I think having hope, I think we all have to have hope that this is going to eventually kind of yeah better. <laughs> yeah. You have to have hope. It's the only thing that gets you through. Well, <laughs> truly. Yeah. It's the only yeah. thing that gets anyone going and yeah. get really hard things. Um, people that, you know, receive a very unfortunate diagnosis and, and those kind of things, you know, I, I, the people that kind of persevere or, or pers- you kind of get through it is the people that really feel like that they're, they're, there's hope at the end of it. So, yeah, it's so true. Just having hope. I think things are always better in the morning. So sometimes like, like not taking this, you know, big decisions at nighttime and like having to sleep on it. I think we all feel a little bit, you know, in a better mood in the morning, yeah. you know, out, you know, I feel a little bit more restful and energized. So, so sometimes when you're feeling like really anxious or really down, just be like, maybe I just need to get myself to sleep once the kids are in bed. And then yeah, 
yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay. Well, I thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode. It was really great. I loved picking your brain and getting some excellent information from you. Yeah, this is so great. I love your podcast and what you're doing for moms and just kind of, you know, helping we're all here, you know, to help each other out. So absolute um, privilege and honor to be here. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. All right. Thank you again to Dr. Florencia for joining us today on the Genuine Mom Club podcast. And thank you to you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. And I really hope that you're able to have a peaceful day today. And just remember that you're not alone. There are so many people out there that care about you and that love you and that want you to succeed in your motherhood journey. We are here for you. If you'd like, you can follow the amazing Dr. Florencia on Instagram. I will tag her in the show notes. And yeah, just remember, you're not alone. You're doing a great job. You're an awesome mom and you are truly one of a kind. Have an amazing day and thank you for listening.